you know, and this is a really important point that I would want to point out for your audience is you have to determine like, do you want to be an expert brand and leverage your Instagram for your business? Or do you want to be a creator? Because it's kind of two different paths, right? And so a lot of experts will see creators doing all the silly, funny stuff, and that's great, but that doesn't mean that they are going to be able to drive traffic back to whatever you're doing. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Build Your Network podcast, the only top-rated show committed to helping you grow your business, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Let's get into the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with the CEO and founder of Capture Social Group, Teresa DePasquale. Teresa helps busy entrepreneurs grow their brands on social media. With over 10 years of experience, she's mastered the art of online branding and social media strategy has become the go-to for many high-level clients and companies providing one-on-one consulting. Teresa, what's up? Welcome back to the show. What's up, Travis? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How you been? I'm doing great. Lots so going good. on in my world, but everything's great. Lots going on, but all good. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Teresa spoke at my live event back in 2019 before the world blew up and then yeah. shut down. And then the blur of the last couple of years happened. So it's been a while since we've been able to connect. Happy to have you back on. I know that social media is kind of your expertise. And there's one thing that I really want to talk to you about today, which is Instagram and engagement on Instagram. So Instagram is one of those platforms to me that's just insanely frustrating. Because sometimes <laughs> it goes really well. And I'm like, we figured it out. We did it. And then like three weeks later, it's like, oh, 43 likes again. <laughs> like nobody saw this. You know, nobody cares. You know, So let's talk a little bit about Instagram, what matters to them, what doesn't matter to them, and how you can continue to thrive on a platform that's just seemingly difficult to figure out. But also probably, I mean, top two, top three platforms, one of the ones that you absolutely got to be on. Yeah. I mean, you basically just said it, which is Instagram thrives off of engagement. And, you know, I think a lot of people forget that Instagram is a business and they make money by selling ads on their platform. Right. And so really that's just the foundation of everything that we do. And, you know, if you can understand that and learn how to make better engaging content, then it doesn't really matter what's happening with the algorithm because you're going to win the Instagram game, right? It's yeah. really just about understanding how to take your content as like an expert. Most people that we work with are expert brands, motivational speakers, expert doctors, expert marketers, whatever that looks like. And it's like, we all have our own content that we're putting out like you do videos and blogs and books and courses. But it's like, how do you take that and turn that into digestible content that people love consuming on Instagram? That's the secret sauce. So I'm looking at a video of yours right now. And so everybody doesn't know, follow Teresa at Teresa DePasquale on Instagram. 219,000 followers. This is a recent reel where you ironically do three simple reel ideas. It's a very short video, but has 2,590 likes and 150 comments. And these are like actual comments, guys. They're not the ones from a bunch of bots and all the other yeah, stuff that people are we doing. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. So what are top tips for reels? Because I know like we've basically been switching our entire IG content strategy over to focusing more on reels rather than like pictures or graphics or carousels yeah. or anything like that. Well, I'm, um, I'm going to go on record and I want to say that pictures and graphics are not dead on Instagram. In fact, not we have, dead. You said. Mm-hmm. Nope. We have one client that we just grew 20,000 followers last month with no reels, all graphics. So it really depends on your audience and it depends on like the graphics are really nuanced. So we can talk about that after reels, but it's really just about 
really getting clear on who your ideal audience is and making content for them. Because if you can make content for them, they're going to be, number one, they're going to pay attention to it and they're going to engage with it, right? So I think the issue is like, there's so many different things with like the graphics of why they don't work for people. Number one is the way they look. Most people make terrible looking graphics. And, you know, what works on a website doesn't always work on Instagram. Yeah. So it's understanding that. And it's also just understanding really like we talk about like in my course I have, I talk about there's core content, which is core content is the content that you put out for your audience. That's going to like give them quick wins. Right. So the clearer that you can get on, on who your ideal audience is, the more clear you can get on what that would be to interest them to engage that post. So like the three reels one that you just did, you're talking about. Exactly. So that's the core content for my audience, but I turn it into a reel. And what's funny is a lot of times we'll go back and look at some of our top performing infographics and turn those into reels too, because Mm -hmm. it's the same idea. So, but with the reels, like the one that I did is because I know my avatar is busy experts and entrepreneurs who want to do social media, but they don't have time to figure everything out. And also they don't have time to sit and come up with ideas. Right. And so at the agency, it's a little different because we have a little bit higher level client but for the course, right? I have two different avatars. So for my course, it's, they're like, okay, great. Now I know how to make a reel, but like, what the heck do I do? Mm-hmm. They're overthinking it. So that's why I put that reel out saying, hey, here's some easy, I'm pointing to like different real script ideas that are so simple that if you know your ideal avatar and they see that, that's going to get their attention to feed, right? So it's really getting clear on that. So that's kind of like the basis that we do for reels as an expert. Now, you know that you can get very creative with reels You know, and this is a really important point that I would want to point out for your audience is you have to determine like, do you want to be an expert brand and leverage your Instagram for your business? Or do you want to be a creator? Because it's kind of two different paths, right? And so a lot of experts will see creators doing all the silly, funny stuff. And that's great. But that doesn't mean that they are going to be able to drive traffic back to whatever you're doing. Right. So typically, like I don't want to jump on and do a bunch of silly dances and exactly. stuff like that when exactly. I'm a, a real estate consultant or whatever. Exactly. exactly. And I'm not saying there's not a little bit of overlap. You can, some people sure. can both, but I'll give you an example. I'm in a mastermind and one of the people in my mastermind is Dr. Tony Yoon. I don't know if you've seen him. He blew up on TikTok. He's like America's like holistic plastic surgeon. And he had a big practice. He had products he was selling. So when he first started, that's what his goal was. And he was kind of doing more professional stuff. And then he started doing all these silly creator videos. That took off and he completely switched tracks and just became a creator. And now his YouTube and his Instagram, he's making so much money from YouTube ads on his stuff and from creator ads that he literally is making more than his practice now. <laughs> yeah, As a plastic surgeon. As a plastic surgeon, yeah, he's not even crazy. doing plastic surgery anymore. He's just doing create. He's just doing content for social media. So you can do it if that's your personality. That's what I was going to say. That that's mm-hmm. the big thing I was going to say is like you you can of course inject that in if it's authentic to who you are because that's the whole thing exactly. about social is like you're only going to win long term if you're who you are unashamedly because ultimately who you are is going to come out and if you build an audience based on who you aren't, then they're going to see who you are and they're going to be turned off anyway. So. If you are a dancer, you like being silly and you like creating stuff with trending music and clips and sounds and stuff like that, then sure, go for it. Like if that's who you are, but if you're like knowingly doing something that you don't like doing and you feel dumb and it doesn't excite you and you just hate doing it, but you're like, I got to do it because that's what you got to do. It's like, you're going to find more success doing stuff that's more true to who you are than you are spending to what you think the social platform wants from you. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. It's really about authenticity. And I always use the quote, don't try to out Amazon, Amazon. If you see a huge account doing a certain style of footage and you're like, oh, look at this, it's working well. It's typically because that person is crushing it. You know, that person's doing it well. 
It doesn't mean that if you try to do that, you're going to get the same response because it might look contrived or you might feel awkward. People are going to be like, okay, this person is just copying so-and-so. So it doesn't always work like that. So really just to your point, like figuring out, like, do you just like interview style? Then stick with that. Like we've got one yeah. client that crushes it and she does no dancing reels. She does nothing like silly. And it's just her interviewing for her podcast or whatever. And she crushes it because she's great as like a podcast host. Yeah. So you've got to play to your strengths. What, you know, whatever that looks like. Yeah, sure. And what you want people to know you as, right? We did like one or two of those dancing things and I'm not a dancer at all. And after I did them, I was like, I'm okay with never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because my team will send me stuff to do for my page. And I'm just like, it's just not, it's not my personality. I'm not like, I can do the pointing and like, you know, whatever simple ones, but like, I'm just not going to be a dancing person. It's not my personality at all. Not to mention like... (laughs) Like some of those are like so complicated. I'm like, how did, like, how much time did it take you to learn this dance for this 12 second, like TikTok? It's like, I got like my day's scheduled, like very, very much. So it's very difficult to find time to create content that I'm good at, let alone like, okay, how do you do that move? How do you do that? All the transitions. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like hit record. Like I'm not a TikTok creator. If I were, maybe I would try to learn that stuff. But like I have a business and I'm a business person first and I do this for attention in my audience building. So again, it's like, what what audience do you want? Do I want a bunch of people who want to watch me dance? Like that isn't going to be high converting for my business or the stuff that we're trying to work on. So like, it's not always a metric of like how many followers you have or how many people watched your video. It's how many people that actually give a shit about what you do watched your video mm-hmm. and are likely yeah. to move forward with you now. Totally. I mean, that's like with Tony Yoon for a long time, we were like, what is he doing? Because it's not going to drive... I mean, the, the we call them kind of troll people. If you look, he got all the weird comments because he's putting out all these silly, silly videos and stuff. And so that's not going to translate into cosmetic surgery patients or him buying his products, but it got so big that he kind of pivoted and just became a creator. So that works for him. But if you're someone who wants to be an expert and you're doing silly videos that aren't even related to your brand messaging, Mm -hmm. sure, you might get views and likes and vanity metrics, but it's not going to do anything for conversions for your business. So it's really looking at the strategy. Yeah, as this, you know, 15-year-old kid in, you know, Iowa gonna buy your $400,000 business consulting offer? Like (laughs) probably not, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be on the platform, right? Because then then there's a bunch of people in the other camp that are just like, "Ah, I don't do social or like, oh, I'm not not on Instagram or like TikTok's for young kids, it's blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, no, it's actually not now. It's actually the most viewed platform in the world, more than YouTube, which kind of blows my mind because YouTube has so many like three and four and five and 12 hour videos that people Mm -hmm. leave on autoplay. And TikTok is getting more minutes watched on a monthly basis than YouTube is, which is insane to me. And it's just a low attention span, but everybody's there now. It doesn't mean that you got to do the dances, but it does mean that you should be on the platform if you're trying to build an audience for anything that you're doing, regardless of- It's just like Instagram. So TikTok, I think just hit a billion users. Instagram has a billion users. And what you have to look at is, yeah, TikTok has a billion users. Let's say 50% of those are kids, but- the 50% that isn't kids is a lot of freaking people using the platform. Right. So if you can learn how to make hyper-focused niche content, you're going to start attracting exactly. your audience out of that billion people. Right. So it's understanding how to do that. Yeah, totally. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors 
according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. In terms of frequency, what are your thoughts on that? I know like, you know, you got people like Gary Vee that's preaching like, oh, you should be three, four times a day, five times a day or whatever. But then you have some people like, oh, I can't oh, create Gary. that much. Like, I think people like hear that and they go, that's way too overwhelming. I'm just not going to do anything. I love Gary Vee, but you know, the, the reality is most people that are listening to this and most people that are just starting don't have a team of 35 content creators following them around, right. taking footage of them everywhere, editing all their photos, writing their captions, transcribing all their stuff. And that's just not realistic. And so for me, I get upset when he says stuff like that because then it's like defeating for people. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, if I can't post five times a day, I should just not post. That's They're ridiculous. just like solopreneur making 78K a year. Exactly. Trying their exactly. best to put out one post a day or three posts a week. And exactly. they're like, I'm supposed to be doing three a day? No. Uh, never mind. No. <laughs> you know? So I actually take the opposite approach or position, which is we post less frequently, but amazing content. Okay. Because another thing that I found is like, say you're this, you know, whatever, even six figure entrepreneur or solopreneur, you might have a very small team. You're still kind of doing all the content yourself. And someone tells you you have to post all, what are you going to do? You're going to start putting out vanilla content. Yeah. And so what that's going to do is people are going to know it's vanilla. They're going to stop engaging with it. Then they're going to stop seeing your content in their feed. And then your engagement's going to drop and you're not going to grow. Right. And so it's on Instagram, it's better if you just do, you know, less, but better. So, and I'm not saying to do one post a week, but I'm saying if you're someone that can put out good content twice a week, focus on crushing that content twice a week. If you're someone that could do every other day, that's amazing. We typically like to do around every other day because from what we've seen on Instagram, the post, like the lifespan of a post is about 48 hours. So after 48 hours, it kind of starts dying in the algorithm and it'll slow down. Yeah. But if you're posting back to back to back, every time you post, you're kicking that last post out of the algorithm. You're not giving it a chance to get that engagement to get the reach. Right. Yeah. And so one thing that we didn't really talk about was, you know, Instagram's a business and it makes money by selling ads. But in that engagement piece is the metric that they use to determine 
if your content is good and can keep people on their platform. Can you define engagement? Mm-hmm. Like what core metrics are involved inside yeah. of the word engagement? Yeah. So there's actually nine types of engagement. And most people don't talk about this, but this is what this is what I teach is there's active engagement. And this is what most people think of, right? Likes, comments, shares, saves. Okay. That's normal. And then there's passive engagement that Instagram counts, which is like reach. How many people are seeing it? Impressions. How many times people are re-watching your content? And then time on page, which is even if someone comes to your page and they're creeping around and they're not liking or doing anything, but they're spending a lot of time on your page, that's engagement. You're keeping people on the platform. Mm-hmm. And then there's the last one, which as entrepreneurs and business owners, we love interested engagement, which is clicking the website, right? Going to the website or sending a DM. So there's nine different types of engagement. And so when we talk about like a good Instagram strategy, you want to, you want to design your content to plan all of those things. Yeah. To anything that we should be focused on in terms of like anything that like takes priority on that, like, cause I, I was reading recently and it, I, again, I'm not the expert, but it does seem like there has been a direct correlation to our post impressions when it's more savable or shareable posts. Like when we're getting a bunch of saves on a post, it tends to get a bunch more plays, a bunch more likes, a bunch more comments, more engagement. Are there certain metrics in the in that in those nine areas of engagement that will potentially pull a lever more than the other ones will? So that is a really good question. And absolutely yes, but th- it's hard to it depends on what you're looking at. So I'll give you an example. What you just said with saves, I've been saying this for the past three years that saves are the secret sauce that nobody pays attention to because if someone's saving your post, what does that signal to Instagram? They're going to come back and they're going to reference that post later. Instagram likes that. So saves are big. Saves are a really big factor that I think a lot of people ignore is trying to make their content more save-worthy. But it doesn't mean that other metrics aren't important. Like for example, what we've realized is if you have the best hashtag group on the planet and the best post, but if you don't get enough engagement in general, you don't get enough likes or comments or all you know saves and shares, that, that hashtag group, you're not going to hit the top of the hashtags because you need the engagement and likes are actually important for hashtags. Yeah. So it's kind of like a case-by-case basis. But like with Reels, we've realized that with Reels, the, the impressions are very important. Like the replay potential for Reels is important. So making a Reel that people are going to have to watch over and over and over again, that helps a lot. So that's very nuanced depending on like what feature you're using in Instagram. But yes, there's definitely ones that make a difference. Okay. Interesting. What's the best way do you think to focus on all of the platforms and be omnipresent without driving yourself insane? Right? Because there's so many platforms now and you like, it makes complete logical sense to be on all of them because they're literally all free. It's like, why, what, like people are like, should I be on this platform? Like, yeah. Why, like, why not? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're it's totally for it's free marketing and free advertising. Like give me a free billboard spot in the middle of freaking Arkansas. I'm going to put something there because it's free. Why would I not do that? Like, I don't care. Like there might be one person in 12 years that sees it and calls me off of it. Yeah. Like I, I don't care. It doesn't cost me any money, but right. if it costs you a bunch of time where you have to like focus on creating content for each individual platform, then it becomes a question, right? Because then your time is obviously your most valuable asset has nothing to do with the money that you invest into it. Right. So we tend to spend time creating for one platform and then we take that and put it on all the other platforms as many yeah. pieces as we can. Like, is you guys have something that you recommend? Yeah. I mean, I think that's smart. I talk a lot about in some of my masterclasses, like the hierarchy of needs as an entrepreneur. And so it really also depends on like where you're at. So like, let's say we start at the bottom of the period and you're a solopreneur, you're just starting, it's just you. Definitely recommend sticking with one platform because you you just cannot be posting all over the place. So dive into one platform, learn 
in that platform, in and out, right? Like whatever that is, whether it's Instagram, if you like doing long videos, that would be YouTube. Or if you love doing like the short, you know, then do TikTok, like whatever that platform is, learn that. As you get a little bit of a team, your team can then help you repurpose a lot of that content. So then you can get a little bit more strategic, right? You could start talking about maybe doing a YouTube, transcribing it and having them turn it into stuff for the, all the other platforms. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That next step up is when now you're probably making a little bit of money. You can hire maybe a social media manager that is now going to be a little more strategic. And the social media manager should know a little bit more about all these platforms. So it's not all on you doing everything and you can still repurpose that, but also you have some kind of like monitoring and like, you know, being a little more strategic with it. And then the top of it is like what we do at the agency, which is when you have more of an enterprise business. Now you've got like a marketing director or a CMO or somebody running the company You've got tons of content. And then that agency has a strategist, like what I do, I'm the strategist, that's very strategic about integrated brand marketing on all platforms. So it's kind of like, do you see what I mean? Your your, your needs and the strategy should change as your business grows because yeah, yeah. you can't start off as a solo entrepreneur and hire an agency. It makes no financial sense because right. they're they're expensive. So it's kind of like right. starting And it's not gonna like tie to immediate direct revenue before no. you run out of money. No. And it's like, we've realized like my avatar for the agency is really above seven figure businesses because financially it doesn't make sense the investment they make with us because what we're really good at is social media marketing and driving traffic. And if they don't have their funnels set up or their email sequences and their nurture campaigns, and we're driving all this traffic and they're not converting it, there's no ROI. If there's no back end, then there's no need for the front end. Right? That's what I'm saying. So then it doesn't make sense for anyone to work with us. So it's kind of like I teach that like, you've got to assess where you're at and then decide what you want to do. But like, let's say we're talking, your audience is probably like in the first one or two levels. Yeah. I'd say if it's just you pick one and really learn it, if it's, you know, you and a couple of assistants, like you said, what you're doing, make one for one platform and then repurpose it. I find a lot of the stuff we make for Instagram works a lot of other places. So like yeah. you can post it on Facebook, you can post it on LinkedIn, you can post it on Pinterest, you can post it on TikTok. You know, you can share the reels and the TikToks, just don't put the watermarks. So you can do a lot of repurposing. Yeah, that's kind of where we're at now is like, and obviously we have we have a team and we create content for people and and things like that. But we try to encourage people, especially busy business owners, like, look, let's create for one of the Mac Daddy platforms, like podcast or YouTube, one of those two. Yep. And then if you're creating for those, there's gonna be so much content that you're getting that we can take and clip and put on different places. LinkedIn, that's where all my business content goes. That's like yep. networking and real advice. If we have like comedy things and funny memes, we don't post that on LinkedIn. Well, but we correct. do post, uh, you know, anything serious, job related, business related, we post on LinkedIn. But it's mm-hmm. taken from a video. But we also may have taken something from that video and created a meme out of it and posted that on Instagram. And then we took a 30-second clip. And that 30-second clip can go on IG Reels, Facebook Reels, TikTok, and YouTube, YouTube Shorts. Shorts. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's like all across all... Like we had one we had one Reel recently that got... It got like 9,000 plays on YouTube. And we only have like 25 subscribers on this Clips channel. So it got like 9,000 plays on YouTube. It got over 100,000 plays on Facebook like 15,000 on Instagram and it was one clip. And it was like, if we didn't take that clip, like if we just put that on Instagram, we didn't put it on Facebook or um, TikTok or YouTube, like we would have missed out on like 150,000 impressions just by posting it in different real estate online, you know? So it's free, create Mm -hmm. it for one platform and then throw it on everything else because why not? But like, that's kind of my point is like, pick one of the two, the Mac Daddy platforms, like I call them. I mean, you can't be an expert at everything. You either be an expert at one thing, possibly two, you might get good at. And then after that, you should hire an agency because you shouldn't be spending your time on it anymore. 
Yeah. If your business gets to that point as an owner, you should be doing different high leverage activities and you should be delegating that out now. Yep. And so like, that's kind of where like we have different levels. So like my agencies, I work with those people, but then I have like courses for like the mid people who either are doing it themselves or have a team. And then we have like VAs that help like the mid-level too. So like, it's kind of like that tiered approach, you know, yeah. understand what you need. Teresa, I always, I always love hanging out with you. love uh, learning from you, hearing from you, uh, hearing what's going on in your world. If everybody else wants to hear what's going on in your world, where can they go get more Teresa? Yeah. Well, my main platform is Instagram. I love Instagram. So it's just at my name, Teresa DePasquale, T-H, Teresa with an H. And my website is CaptureSocialGroup.com if you want to read more about myself. CaptureSocialGroup.com. If you guys are, mm-hmm. if you have an agency or looking for somebody, or if you're, if you are a business and you're looking for an agency, uh, CaptureSocialGroup.com. Definitely recommend checking them out for that. And then uh, if you are one of those solopreneurs, Teresa's got a bunch of really great content, courses, some things that you can work yeah, through. Yeah, actually, if you want, I've got a free gift. If you want to give them, I've got a free, it's a Perfect. 20 steps of 10 extra engagement download that I can give you and you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yep, yep. So if you're listening to this right now, check out the show notes for a link to uh, that freebie from Teresa and uh, use that, use the templates, use the tips, use the tricks, follow her on Instagram, reach out, tell her you heard about her here on the show. Teresa, thanks so much for coming on. We'll uh, hopefully be able to hang out in person sometime soon. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, thanks for listening to this episode. That's it for today. As you all know, this show is completely free. Our only ask is that if you found anything valuable in this episode or in any of the episodes that you've listened to, then share it with somebody else and leave us a quick rating review in whatever platform you're listening to right now. It would be super, super helpful for us. Uh, so that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.